The Working Artist Project is brought to you by Second Line Arts Collective. Learn how you can support at secondlinearts.org. We're creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time, captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a long hiatus. It was about uh, four or five weeks we've been on vacation, huh, Greg? 38 days. 38 motherfucking days. and I'm happy to be back. And uh, we got some some a lot of special things happening uh, over here at Second Line Arts Collective. And we're going to just right off the bat, we should let y'all know we are going from every week to two times a month because uh, honestly, we need to hire like 20 more people. And so <laughs> so until we do that, we're going to we're going to take this podcast down a notch um, for the rest of this year, at least. And then we'll we'll recalibrate in December and see what's up. But yeah, Greg, what's up, man? You back from the road. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here with you. It's it's nice to um, it's nice to be back here after our hiatus. And um, you know, just so everyone knows, it's not like we were taking a vacation. We were we were working somewhere else, so we weren't able to work here. But uh, yeah, I was on the road with uh, with Michael Bublé in the UK, and it was a, a absolutely amazing tour. And I'm, man, I'm I'm happy to be home for a couple of days, and then we're back out. You you've been busy too. Oh yeah, man. I've been on the road, being a dad, running our nonprofit, all kind of stuff going on over here, man. It's what I do, baby. It's what I do best. That's you it. Know? I'm living the dream. Yeah, man. Why don't you go ahead and tell the folks about our our guest tonight? He's he's kind of famous, man. He he is kind of famous and he's about to be real famous. That's true. Uh, we're, we're very honored to call this uh this gentleman a former student of ours. He he attended the uh I believe the first Sanaa music workshop in 2017. He's a fantastic pianist, he's a, an incredible vocalist, and uh more importantly, he's a wonderful human being. I believe he comes from Laplace, Louisiana. He you might correct me in just a moment. Um, but this this cat has been on American Idol, just got a new record deal, and he's currently on in and out of the road also and trying to make a name for himself and get his band out there. And, and man, he's, you guys are about to hear this cat everywhere in the world. So uh, we're really happy to have him here. And uh, we're really looking forward to this opportunity to sit down and talk with one of our favorite, favorite musicians, Mr. Kevin Gulledge, before he becomes too famous. <laughs> Kevin, welcome to the show, babe. Hey fellas, how you doing? Man, everything's good, man. How you been? I've, I've been doing pretty okay, pretty awesome. All right, so Kevin got this thing where everything is pretty, pretty okay. It's it's a generation X Y Z. I don't know what generation we on right now, Greg. Whatever. Generation. I'm not sure either. Uh, generation okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Kevin, man, you 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 did something that is incredible. Uh, and it's something. It's like kind of like being in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like only a very small percentage of people make it onto that the American Idol stage. And you did it from a place uh, from, from New Orleans. And it ain't a whole lot of motherfuckers coming from New Orleans either. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you know, and I, I, I want to start there because you're so young and it's, and it's the biggest thing that you've done so far, not the biggest thing that you're going to do. <laughs> so I, I kind of want start, to start at American Idol. What was it like the first night on that stage? Ooh. Uh, First day, first first night I got there. Gosh, well, you know, since since I came in the in the years of in the time of COVID, you know, uh, I I had to do a Zoom and I had to do a Zoom audition first, and that was that was great. Uh, I got to perform, I think, two songs, and and instantly they were like, "Hey, we want to uh, we want to send you to another producer. Just stay on the line to stay there," and. Next thing I knew, I was in front of another producer and they were like, yeah, man, uh, yeah, we want to send you. We want to send you to, to L.A. They said, is anyone else there with you? And of course, I said, my dad's here. And they said, uh, call him. And he called him and said, hey, how are you? I said, oh, yeah, I'm good. And they said, yeah. He said, well, would it be okay with you if your son auditioned 
in front of Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, and Luke Bryan. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I, I think that'd be okay. <laughs> so I fly into LA and oh my gosh, instantly. So in the airport, we're all looking for something called welcome wagon. That's what they say for the idle people. It's welcome wagon. I think I was the second person there. There was another guy from Bay Area named Milo Bolin, and Milo was there early. I was like, okay, just two people in this welcome wagon? Cool. Two quickly turned into about 15 or 16 people in one welcome wagon, and that welcome wagon turned into 32 people in one bus, and then another 32 people in another bus. And then when we got to the hotel, it was like 150-something people there. Now, what people don't know is, there's multiple days of auditions. So there were 150 people in our first group, then 150 people in another group. And then in Austin, 150, another 150, and then Nashville, 150, and another, another 150. Wow. And it was terrifying. I mean, I looked around, I was like, there are a lot of people around my age, some a little bit older, some a little bit younger but they are amazing singers. And instantly it was, all right, sit back. Don't be all in people's faces. Don't be like, hi, my name's Kevin, you know? <laughs> and you guys knowing me, I'm, I'm very much a, hi, my name is Kevin person. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Kevin, just don't do what you're used to. Just sit back and watch. And I mean, I was just sitting there like, man, there are a lot of nervous people here. And it didn't occur to me that I wasn't feeling nervous, you know, like it didn't occur to me that I wasn't scared. I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? You know, they do B roll and footage and they were like, Hey, uh, can you pace back and forth? And I'm not going to lie. I looked so awkward doing it because I just didn't know how to pace. I didn't know how to like, I didn't know how to look scared. I looked more like I was plotting something than I was ready, than I was nervous about anything. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so during the audition, I go in there and I sing my first song. And it was That's How Strong My Love Is by Otis Redding. And man, just seeing their faces while I was singing that song, it, it shifted everything. Like, like now I'm not nervous, but I'm at the same time like, oh, that's Lionel Richie. That's Lionel Richie over there. He's not a wax figure. That's Lionel Richie. <laughs> and uh, that's Katy Perry. And that's Luke Bryan. Oh, my gosh. What am I going to do? And I start singing and it just, it just felt relaxed and it felt calm. And next thing I know, I was, I was moving on to the next round. I got to Hollywood Week. And I learned out of the 150 people I saw during my audition, the 100, the 200 and something people I saw when I got to Hollywood week, they were far more intimidating than, than the people I saw because <laughs> they had people, they had people who were very similar to me mm. who were sit back, relax. Remember, this is what you do. This is what you do. This is. So I did my, my genre challenge, and, and I, it seems that they liked it, so I moved on. Then I did my duet challenge with this singer from Florida named Yoli Mayor. And when I tell you she's amazing, she's amazing. And then I did my showstopper. And after my showstopper, I told my dad, two day, uh, told my dad later, I said, Dad, they're going to send me home tomorrow. And he said, Kevin, you don't know that. I said, Dad, they're going to send me home tomorrow. I said, Kevin, yeah. I said, Dad, they're going to send me home tomorrow. <laughs> and he was like, well, Kevin, okay, well, just sit back and see. And sure enough, they sent me home the next day. Hmm. And of all this time, there was one thing I told myself. I put, I put in the work. I gave four, technically four performances that were to the top of my ability to an extent. You know, there's always better and bigger that you can do. But I gave four that were to the top of my ability at that time. Now, now after, after I got to, um, after when it came time for the stuff to air, 
they showed my audition and I was not prepared for the different type of attention you get when you're on national television, mm. you know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was weird for me. You know, uh, I, I had a small fan base. It was small. It was local and, and it did stretch out, but mainly local. You mean, are you talking right now? You're talking before the show, right? Yeah. Before the show I had, you just, you just going on. You're not let, let me and Greg get in here, bro. Okay. Hey, go <laughs> for it, man. If you have a question, I'm, I'm, yeah, because you know this this is my show. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do want I want to back up because because I, I do understand that you know fame is uh fame in my opinion, Greg, is fucked up. And and, <laughs> and if it wasn't, if it wasn't, we would still have Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney Houston, and and all these other people. Because it, that's how I know it's 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 a it's a weird uh place to be psychologically and emotionally. So I do want to touch on that, but but I want to back up to the failure and I want Greg to get in here or, or what some would perceive as failure okay. of, of you getting sent home. And, and I just want to sit in that for a second and just kind of see what you thought about it. And I'm curious what Greg thinks about what you thought about. It. Okay. What I thought about failure. Well, I just getting oh, sent home about, Oh, getting sent home. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you think that was failure or what? Not at all. All right. There you go. You know, uh, a lot of people can say this and, and, and being in, in the industry of television or movies, you, you start to see a lot of times it's a movie, it's television. There's a plot that's normally sort of, sort of established. You know, it's like, like if, if, if we're having this giant show and it's like, there's a hero and there's a villain, villain. At some point you expect the villain to lose. And, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, at some point, at some point, Lex Luthor isn't going to, isn't going to proceed, you know? So you have to understand there's a plot. There's a, there's a set way of things happening. There's a look that people are looking for. Hmm. There's a feeling people are asking for, and they want you to put that out there. So, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I, to me, I, I totally agree with that. And that is, that's what show business is. You know, people want to see what they want to see. And um, sometimes you got to give it to them, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but man, I'm, I'm like, I'm curious, like, again, like, you know, I, I grew, I used to grow up watching American Idol and I, with my mom and this is back when TV was a thing and no one, no one really <laughs> watches TV anymore. But I remember like, I guess the first couple of seasons it came out just, you know, every Thursday night or so, like just sitting around the TV with my parents and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we were like actively cheering for people. Um, so I'm sure like you had similar experiences to kind of like just observing that particular TV show as a musician. And so I'm wondering like, what, was there anything that surprised you about the filming process or the experience of being on the show versus the experience of like watching the show on TV? Man, it is meticulous. Hmm. That has to be the most surprising thing about it. Everything is on a schedule when you talk when you don't when you sit when you pee when you run when you walk all of it it's to a schedule that and also actually the psychological side of it and and there and darian i'm hoping that i'm not jumping into what you wanted to talk about too early and if so just say hold up man give me a second you know <laughs> hit me with the Kyrie lee hold you up man. man you got it you got all right it. uh well honestly the psychological portion is what people don't know about on the first night before you even get to audition, you on Zoom have to fill out a 350 question psychiatric evaluation in under an hour. What? I failed. <laughs> I failed yeah. already. And, and man, you have no idea. It was the, what made it like so difficult. Ooh, a good deal of these questions were very double negative questions. <laughs> like, and they'd range the range of of question would very would differ it would vary so it'd be like it'd be like one question two have you ever felt alone and you're like sure why not <laughs> you're like everybody feels alone <laughs> so you answer that and then it's like question five have you ever felt like there was a metal band constricting your head to the point where it almost pops but it doesn't but you feel like it may and you're just like 
what? <laughs> and you're looking, you're looking at it. You're like, what? Why do you think they were asking all these questions? Like, what's what's the intention behind that? There is a lot of strain in 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 idol and in, in not just idol in television. There's a lot of emotional strain, mental strain. You have to be, you have to be ready for certain things, hmm. mentally, physically, all of it. Like during my audition time, oh, I was up at 3 a.m. every morning. And because call was six, I was up at three and went to the gym for 3.30. Literally just to wake up, get myself centered during that time. And whew, that was that was enough to hold me. That was enough to hold me in a good position. Bruh, I think I think the psyche evaluation is so that they can manipulate people and audiences uh, to to get the ratings and sell stay with me and, and to sell <laughs> the ads that they need because you got to keep people there so so if you look at any tv show motherfuckers is putting certain types of people together to keep the audience interested yeah so so that was their way to say okay kev, kev is this kind of person we need like three of those and we need like two of this personality yeah. like and it's, they go yeah because if it wasn't so, they asked you five questions, man. They asked you 350 questions, made you do it in an hour. They was like, okay, how do you work under pressure? I'm yeah, but shit. also you have to think about who you're about to be in front of. That's the other side of it. They have to make sure that not only are, not only are you safe, but Lionel Richie's safe, Katy Perry's safe, and Luke Bryan's safe. You know, there's, there's that. Because there were also questions like, are you quick to resort to violence? Are you quick to? Yes, I am. It, it, you know, it's like it is like it's like man, and and you're scared to answer these questions wrong. You're like, is this is a psychiatric evaluation? Is it one of those? There's no wrong answer types, or is it one of those you get brought home if you answer wrong type things? Do you feel like those questions were like kind of to, to add on to what Daria was saying? Like, do you feel like they were looking for psych- psychiatrically sound people because they wanted to have healthy? fully operating people ready for the show? Or do you feel like they were like, oh, wait, we could throw this one crazy ass motherfucker over here to fight <laughs> this person and that's going to make great TV. Like what, what was your impression on like how that was orchestrated? My impression was, okay, there's a lot of, all three of us can say this and we can all say it loud and proud because Darian, you, you've been functioning out of New Orleans as well as New York. Gee, you've been around New Orleans and everywhere, and, and I'm starting to work more. And, and what I'm noticing is there are a lot of crazy artists. There are a lot of artists who are like, <laughs> Kevin, it, Kevin, is true. there a sane artist? I've never met them if there is one. Yes, but it's like, it's not that you're sane. It's the fact that you're sort of not insane. <laughs> so, so, so it's like, you know, there are some people who when their artistry and when they're in, and I'm not saying artistry as in like, what's your favorite color, man? I mean, like artistry as in like when what you perceive you've put in the work for and you've worked so hard for your whole life, the moment that that's threatened, there are people who resort to that, that other side, you know, we can't in, in New Orleans, we, you know, in New Orleans, we see it a lot, you know, like, like we, we, we've all seen, we've all seen musicians. That's, get at that's, it. that's a great point. Right there, y'all, because 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 uh, when you get there's money at the end of this tunnel, right? This oh, that, oh, yeah. OK, cool. So there's like money, fame, fortune, men, women, sex, all drugs, all that shit. Yeah. And once, you, <laughs> once you feel like, no, I'm serious. Once you feel like you're like at the last level and you get cut, they don't want you to pull out the AR-15 on ABC or whatever. <laughs> no, as a matter of fact, even that I was talking to another contestant who made it very far. And they were telling me, they said, yeah, you have no idea, Kevin, you know, you got, you got cut right before top 24 after top 24. If you got eliminated immediately after you didn't go get undressed, you didn't do anything. You were brought to the psychiatric evaluator and you had a therapy session to make sure that you were okay. Hmm. And, and, and it goes as far as even when you make it, you, the way that they tell you you've made it, the way that they tell you, like, good, like, like this is what they did. This person, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person, step forward. Thank you so much. You've worked really hard. However, 
your idol journey will end. But not here because you're moving on. Backline, I apologize. It's like <laughs> so so like you have you have that that like it might be good, it might be bad, but you're always on your toes. Yeah. Even uh even duet night. I mean, the the duet round. This is how that works. You finish genre challenge, and that night they set you up with your duet partner, and you have until the next morning to be prepared with a full duet. You have to be ready to sing the next morning. So, wow! Genre challenge ended at genre challenge ended around eleven fifteen, eleven seventeen p.m. At 12.30, we were on the bus back with our duet partners getting ready for our next day duet. Are you talking have, about midnight? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was midnight. And we Shit. passed midnight and we're all struggling getting ready for these duets. And you can only pick one song four times. So only four groups can pick one song. So it'd be like you might work all night for this one song. And then you get there and it's like, oh, somebody, all four, four slots are filled. You're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and you have to work with a vocal coach and your vocal coach has to say, okay, good job. Uh, this is how you should do it. All right. Good job. There was one group and they actually aired this. There was one group who picked a song that was not a country song, but they were both country singers. And their vocal coach said, hey, why would you, if you're country singers, why would you not pick a country song? And they made them go back. And the thing is, you only get to work with your vocal coach once, whether they tell you you did a good job or not. So they had to come back with a song that they weren't even coached on. Wow. So there's, there's a, there are levels of, of, of psychiatric strain and, and et cetera that really can, can get at you if you're not careful. Mm. so yeah there's 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 a lot of it there's a lot of that <laughs> that's how life is man oh yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right get out man my daddy told me when i was about 15 16 he said let me tell you something boy i guarantee you one thing life gonna whoop your ass <laughs> <laughs> and he just walks it's, off i'm like what is he talking about like, playstation you know <laughs> like i just got home from school it's, right. it's <laughs> what are you it's saying? 323 i just got home <laughs> but no it's and it's funny you know as a matter of fact even that the first thing i heard greg ajit say and it was a long time ago uh <laughs> gee you remember this i think it was uh you know hi my name is greg ajit and uh you know, I've been living and, uh, you know, if you have to ask me about anything, music, life, audits, just ask. I was, like, I, was, I, was, I was like 14 years old and I'm like, did he just say that? He just, you got to know, you got to know. Yeah. And no, that was, that was the thing, you know, and, 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 you know, especially with COVID, I think all of our, all of our income levels, especially, you know, like. I remember G said this right before COVID when he was out with Michael Buble, he came back and did a masterclass. And he said, if this COVID stuff happens and shuts us down, I'm done. <laughs> and I was like, and then it, like, I think like two weeks later, <laughs> like two weeks later, all two weeks of later us, I was done. <laughs> yeah. All of us were done. It's like, I was, I was playing three nights a week at BB Kings. And then it went from making like a great deal of money every week to making nothing. Hmm. And, you know, that kind of that kind of jump, you know, it, it, sh it shakes you. It, it shocks you, especially it wakes you up to saying, hey, hey, say dummy. You know, it's it's not permanent. It's it's not something that's just it's not always going to be sunshine. Mm, yeah. And, and yeah. I think back to the question of failure and the feeling of failure with idol. That's that's what it sort of reminded me of when when they sent me home. It was like, hey, dummy. <laughs> hey, dummy, you got comfortable, didn't you? It's not always going to be sunshine. And it, uh, it was like, but, but I wasn't upset. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't hurt. I wasn't anything like that. I was just like, you're right. It's not always sunshine. It's not always sunshine. It's not always going to be your favorite song. It's not always going to be your favorite quote from a movie. Not always your favorite movie. Maybe not even a genre of movie or music that you like. But it's what you got to do and 
and you know and, and this is part of your story this is for me it's idol idol is now part of my story it's like i have that experience and and you know i i was blessed i got to sit next next to lionel richie during the duet genre uh duet round and i'm right here and lionel richie is sitting up there on his on the judge's table and he looks down and says hey kevin what's up you look perplexed <laughs> and, and i straight up told him i said you know I don't envy what you got to do. Like you got to decide who stays, who goes. And I know that has to be hard. And he says, you know what, Kevin? Then he stands up, says, you know what, everybody? Listen, when you make it and, and don't get me wrong, you've made it, you're here. So you, you, you've made it. But when do you make it? When you get everything you want, he looks at me, he goes, call me back. We'll have this same conversation. We'll finish this conversation. And after I got kicked off, I tweeted, well, after they aired me not getting put through because they didn't air me getting kicked off, I, I tweeted at Lionel Richie, hey, we're still going to pick up that conversation one day mm. because, you know, it's not it's not like, OK, this is this is the part where the rain comes. So that must be the end of the story. Mm. You know, it's not always sunshine. It's 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 all part of your story these hiccups these speed bumps all of it yeah, yeah. great tell me about proactive perseverance <laughs> man, I, man I, I love you sent me that thing about grit the other day too you sent me a uh, grit man i mean mm-hmm. i want i want to circle back to what, what you were saying about like the, the psychology stuff too and, and just talking about being on a tv show like that or being in the public eye or a celebrity musician, all this kind of stuff. And I think it's important for all of our listeners out there to really understand that all of these people that we admire, you know, Kevin and all the cats on American Idol, those are some long days. Those days start at six in the morning, they end at 11 o'clock at night, and then you need to go home and prepare for the next day in that eight hours you're supposed to sleep. And so, you know, when it comes to like having a, a strong psychological foundation within ourselves you know it it really gets tested when you are like on these high stress environments when you are are touring on the road you know like i know you just came back from croatia you know when you when you're sitting on the airplane for 16 hours and then you gotta get off the plane and play the show you know (laughs) sometimes things don't work out in our our favor but we are expected to be professionals and um a conversation that i had with a colleague of mine on the road he made a comment and he said, man, these cats, some of these cats are trying to be musicians, but we need professionals. Mm-hmm. And a, yep. Preach. That's, and I was, I, I, that, that really resonated with me. Cause I feel like, man, you know, being from a city like new Orleans, yo, we have the best musicians in the world. And I'll stand by that any day of the week, but, but sometimes <laughs> you need a professional. <laughs> <laughs> That, shit, that, that really fucked me up, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's funny. It's it's hilarious because in in and it's funny. We we see it. It's not even one of those like one of those. Oh man, that's not fair. No, we're just like we're just like you're right. We have we have guys who are like, man, these are the most amazing musicians ever. And then you're like. If only they knew how to dress for the right gig. <laughs> if only they knew how to show up on time. If only they knew the material that you required them to know to get here. Yeah. And, and that was um, actually, uh, hey, it, question. Are there any more American Idol questions? There's stuff I, I, I actually am really excited to talk about. No, let's, 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 let's do this, man. Hey. Would, what do you want? What should, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> yeah, yo, would you, would you do it again? Do you feel like it was a, a good move for you? And you're, do you feel like it helped perpetuate your career? Or what, what, like just leaving and looking back on this, like what's the taste in your mouth? <laughs> Personally, I wouldn't do American Idol again. Mm. Personally. However, I would advise a lot of people to do something like American Idol. I actually told a friend of mine that I said, you know, my time on Idol, I, I did it. I, I did my thing. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring Idol up one more time in a few to talk about random chance and accidents. But uh, I did my time and I got what I got from it. If you are an artist who can handle that, and say that after after coming out the ugly side 
do it. You're going to learn. You're going to grow into a different type of artist in a good way. You're going to start thinking of other artists in a way that's like, okay, heads up. If you're the big, if you are the, the fish in the pond, that's sort of big, not even the biggest, but sort of big might be time to check out a new pond with fish Mm. who are relatively your size and bigger. Mm. So, so that's where, where I really did sort of take, take a real thing from idol. Uh, so no, I wouldn't do it again, but I'd recommend young artists who, who really feel like they can do something like that to go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with all that 100%. That's why I left New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love New Orleans, don't get me wrong, but that's why I left. You know, and even in, uh, uh, there's so many things that, that I, 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 I talk about a lot and, and I feel that I told my I told somebody this recently. I said, you know, every musician, especially in New Orleans, every musician has to have some type of real psychology degree, some real philosophy degree. It might not be like a hey, here's from Loyola, but I mean like something like, hey, you've lived, you've lived and grown philosophy. Like Socrates didn't have a piece of paper that was like, hey, you're a philosopher. That's because piece of paper is some bullshit. But that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's not subject, Kevin. Keep going. I'm listening. No, no, but you know, no, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, it's not like it's not like, hey, it's not it's not like, hey, uh, this is what your philosophy is because other people say this is how the world's supposed to work. Mm. It's it's hey, this is how your philosophy is because you've lived this way and and you've seen the outcome of it. You don't even have to say that it's the best philosophy. Be the person who can say it's not the best philosophy. In psychology, you just start to develop, you start to develop the, the, the idea because you're like, okay, what I've noticed from human behavior, like something my dad always talks about is knowing how to call a show. And that is probably one of the most professional mistakes that gets made. And I, I actually remember back when, when you guys let me interview Alan Chang, I remember he was talking about what Michael Bublé has done for the sake of the show. Mm. And that's not an example of being that way. That's an example of true professionalism. You have to call the show the right way. You have to say the right things. I get, I get, I get grinded on a lot about saying the right thing before I, before I sing a song, before I play a song. Set up the song the right way. Yeah. It's those little pieces of professionalism that a lot of people blank out on. So, so yeah, that's, that's what I have to say on Idol. Now, well, check, check this out. let's check this out. <laughs> I know you have a lot of things you want to talk about, and we want to get to that. How about this? We would love to play some of your music for a couple seconds, let the people oh, hear you. And then that we dig into, man, you, Kevin, you got it. All right, go for it, man. <laughs> yo, yo, y'all, check this one out. And I know y'all know this one because this is a cover uh, of the Temptations uh, funky song. Kevin did a great job with it called Shaky Ground. Ever since you put me down, my car got repossessed this morning. We can't give y'all too much of that. You need to go out there and buy that record. As you can hear, it is super funky. It's only one problem with that record, Greg. It's only one. <laughs> you know what it is? We can't hear you because you're muted, but that's all right. I'm going to tell I, you. I, it's, it's no clarinet. No clarinet. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Hell no. Nah, I'm going to say. I'm a funky, but if I was on it, 
Boy, if I was on it, women take their draws as soon as they hit a first. I'm screaming. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm saying. But you should have called me. I'm available. <laughs> man, oh man. Hey, we hey, you can say that, but hey, let's talk. Terrence Siggins ain't no joke, man. That's Terrence, never mind. Yeah, never mind. Exactly. Never mind. all of us are like, wait a second. Never mind. Like, well, let's shut Darian up pretty quick. <laughs> all of us are like, yo, 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 man, yo, man. My bad, yeah, Terrence. Nah, never mind. Don't come with me. <laughs> Hey man, so Kevin, 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 I know, I know you, you're a man with a plan. You came here with some things that you wanted to share with us. What, 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 what did you want to tell us, man? What do you want to talk about? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to pull the conversation in a way that's, that's not going to be honest or, or appreciate you know, that. You know, the reason, and the reason I'm, I'm doing, I really want to talk about this is because, you know, none of us know what's, what's coming up. None of us know what's, what's next. So so if you have something to leave, leave what you really mean, you know, like, like leave what, what you really want to say. I don't know, you know, and then the world is crazy. I don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. Y'all don't know what's going to happen to me tomorrow. So this is what I want to talk about. The work you put in now is going to be for the stuff you get back way later sometimes, you know, uh, you know, I, me and my, my father, and my whole band, we do a song called I Can't Make You Love Me. And something I talk about before I sing that song is instant gratuity. We as musicians should know and understand and accept that we will not always get that. We are not always going to get that, that, oh man, that was amazing. Thank you so much. You're amazing. You're a, you're a great musician. We're not going to get that. Things happen by, by luck things happen by random chance things happen on accident and then things happen from the work that you've continuously put in now i have examples of that things happening by luck by luck i was born into a family of musicians full of them and my father being the bass player that he is played with many of the greatest musicians ever you know uh he, in one of them specifically for this story, uh, Henry Butler. And a lot of us remember Henry Butler for exactly who Henry Butler was. One of the most amazing musicians as well as photographers. And we're not saying blind musicians. We're not saying blind photographers. We're saying most amazing musicians and photographers of all time. Now, because of that, by luck, when Henry passed, Disney was looking for someone who could play New Orleans piano and sing. And they said, well, we thought of Henry, but since Henry's gone, your son is who we thought of. They called my dad and that's what they said. We thought of Henry, but since Henry was gone, your son is someone we thought of. And that's not something that was like, oh, this is going to happen because we set it up to happen. It was by luck, by chance, by accident. I am very proud to say that I am a Hammond artist. I am actually part of the Hammond artist family. By accident. <laughs> so on American Idol, and this is what I was telling, I was going to bring up. On American Idol, I actually played two, two actual songs, three songs for my audition. They only showed uh, they only showed That's How Strong My Love Is and the little bit of, uh, of Jambalaya on the Bayou. But I also performed my rendition of Valerie. And in that rendition, I take a Melodian solo. A Melodian melodica, but I take a Melodian solo. Yeah. So because of that, during That's How Strong My Love Is, I had my Melodian sitting on the piano and in big bold letters big bold red letters it read Hammond the day after the audition aired my father got a call from Hammond USA and they said hey we were just informed about our Melodian being on American Idol <laughs> we want Kevin to be part of the artist family that is by accident. 
I had no, and I, and Mr. Polero saw the, uh, the episode and, and I called him, I said, Mr. Polero, they want me to be a Hammond artist. He said, yeah, man, you did great product placement. I was like, <laughs> he was like, I thought that was real. He said, I thought that was real clever. He said, you did that on purpose, right? I said, no, I didn't do that on purpose. I just sat down my stuff. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. That's random chance, but it's on accident. I accidentally became a Hammond artist. And by chance, my actual organ player for my band, they saw the footage and said, hey, and we want your organ player for your band to be on our artist family roster as well. See, that's, that's how certain things work. And then there's the continuous part. Six, so I joined Facebook in 2014. I was a little bit behind the game. <laughs> Hey, way back behind the yeah, game. Yeah, man. But, 24 to 2003. <laughs> but one of the first people that I got to, that I followed, one of the first business pages I followed was Basin Street Records. And I was always seeing Mark Samuels posting about Kermit, Mark Samuels posting about DeVell Crawford, Mark Samuels posting about Lena, Lena Prima. And I was like, man, that's real cool. Maybe one day I'll be on some label like that and, they help, they'll, and they'll put out a CD of me and, and help me out. And years of, of me playing blues and, and work, me playing jazz first, then playing blues and everything else working. Years later, they go, hey, we're interested in your son. When they tell my father and my father, I have to talk about that. My father is my manager. He's the guy who keeps me humble. He's the guy who keeps me solid. And they call my dad and then my dad relays info to me. So I said, Hey, we are interested in your son. Let's talk. And well, my dad said, Hey, can you please talk to me about my son? And, and they were like originally saying, Hey, we don't know about a new artist, about signing a new artist right now. We're interested, but we don't know about signing a new artist right now. And they talked for hours and hours. They were supposed to just meet for about an hour. They were there for about four and a half. And they talked and talked and talked. And next thing I know, my dad says, oh, they're real interested. They're real interested in this next album that we're, that, in this album that we're about to put out. They're really interested in you and in the band. They're interested. In between that time, I emailed a man named Marcus Linder, who's in Austria, about, hey, my name is Kevin Gulledge. My dad has played that festival with, with Henry Butler, I mean, with uh, Gary Brown, with Vashti Jackson, with Chucky e. C. Uh, I really would love to be out there just to play your festival at some point. And they said, your dad's Tony Gulledge, right? I was like, yeah, okay. Six years later, which is this year, because that was in 2017. This year, they invited me to headline, not just play the festival, but headline the festival. It's the years of work that not only I put in, but the years of work my father put in, the years of work that went all into becoming the person I am today. Because if they would have called to Kevin from six years ago to play that festival, I'm not going to lie. The words crash and burn would have had a completely new example in the dictionary because because that's not the same person. That's not the same same musician. So so it's it's important to say, let me not worry about what I get back now. Hmm. Let me not worry about what comes instantly back to me, because let's be honest, most things won't. In music, most things won't, especially like you're not going to put out a song and next thing, not everyone is going to put out a song. And next thing you know, it's like, oh my gosh, your song is going viral. That is very rare. And everyone thinks that it just happens all the time. It doesn't. It's for everyone that does go viral. There's like 12 million that didn't. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Kevin, I got a real question for you. Go for it. Hinted towards this, but what is your legacy or what do you want it to be? You know, I played at BB King's Blues Club from 2017 all the way to 2020 when it closed. And up in the top of BB King's Blues Club, there's a mural. And on that mural, there's 
B.B. King in the center. Ernie Cato, Fats Domino, Alan Toussaint, and James Booker, if I'm not mistaken. Before every show I played, I went up there and I just stared for a second. I have to live up to that somehow. I have to make myself live up to that somehow. And if I don't get to live up to it in the terms of like, like I'm an amazing pianist, singer, songwriter, arranger, I have to say at least I tried my hardest. And possibly if I'm lucky, one day there's going to be a kid who's who's six years old like I was and he's learning about actual music and he's looking and saying, oh man, look at the magic Kevin Gullish created that one time. My legacy isn't for me to to be forever memorialized, no. My legacy is to say, okay, let me inspire the next people to do it. Because I, I, play, I play a music that's a little bit different from a lot of other music. Jazz is taught in schools. Classical music is taught in schools. Jazz is, jazz is seen as like, oh, there are jazz clubs everywhere. Everyone wants to be some type of subsidiary of jazz. Someone wants to play neo-soul, but they start in jazz. Someone wants to play and it, and it keeps going. I play blues music. And, and during this time, it's, it's gotten really weird being a young New Orleans pianist because of how many just dropped so fast. Hey, man, you do realize I'm from Mississippi, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. No, I know. Trust me. Trust me, I know. Wait a minute. No, no, and you know, you know, even being from Mississippi, you know, and and there are other young people who also play play blues music who I know might share this same feeling. Like like Kingfish. Kingfish inspires me without a doubt. Kingfish is a year younger than me, which is sort of weird to say out loud, but but Kingfish is a year younger than me. But I I check out Kingfish's stuff and I'm like, man, he's connecting with the blues the way that I think most young musicians should connect with music. Mm. He's, he's a true product of that Mississippi blues line. And when you hear it, you're like, this, this guy has the Mississippi players in him. But what, what is the blues? And like, what, what is that connection? Uh, I went to jazz school and, and uh, you know, a lot of people said they were playing blues in jazz school. They are not. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Darian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not going to out nobody, but, but you know, playing this and is, is it cool if I play right now? Is it cool if I play yeah, a little? Play. Playing you this. Play? Come on. That's one thing. And it's a blues because it's, it's C-Jam blues. But we all know the difference between... You know, there's a big difference between that and what what people call the blues. Absolutely, and I'm gonna tell and, you, um, I played growing up. I played the blues. It wasn't mm-hmm. no Mississippi. Just just so motherfuckers know what's really going on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Ain't no jazz gigs. One exactly. a month. Right. Exactly. I, I went on a road with cats. Mm-hmm. You know, I played on a chilling circuit. And, and I you clubs exactly. Only few. Like, only a few people even know what these kind of terms mean. Yeah. Like like you know we we all. I'm a student of the Sashmo Summer Jazz Program as well as Noka as well as Sana. I've I've been I've been schooled I've been schooled a lot in jazz. <laughs> However, one of the biggest lessons ever that I got, I came from Sashmo Summer Jazz Camp one day, learning to play blues, play a blues. Notice I'm saying a blues. Yeah, different. I concur. And I went to BB King's Blues Club that night to play a set. Boy, I thought I was burning. 
I thought I was, I thought I was getting down. Cause as soon as I was playing in C, I was like, now that you see the intro, <laughs> my dad came and said, Kevin, <laughs> he pulled me aside. <laughs> and I think every young blues musician has had this one. Kevin, I know that you can't, you, you, you're up all, every day playing blues and playing jazz in school and, and, and playing, playing out and all this. And, and, you know, that's real cool. He said, boy, don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever come in a blues club and play jazz again. <laughs> and man, it, it, I, that's what I noticed. I was like, there's a difference between playing a blues and the blues. So, so you know, I, I, when you ask me what the blues is, I'm like, you ever been on a back porch? Right. You ever, like, you ever been on a back porch and heard somebody with a slide guitar? You ever been you ever been on the corner of a street and heard somebody just playing and and it's not coming from nowhere but the heart and soul? Or have you ever been to church, motherfucker? How about that? It, have you let's be specific. Let's let's get specific. Have you ever been to the right church? <laughs> Say it like that. Cause because you can go to church. And I'm not gonna lie, you might nowadays you might hear more classical jazz stuff in church because this Whatever that is, that that little progression stuff, man. That's that's not what the church that a lot of blues musicians even grew up checking out. Blues musicians, a lot of us had to check out quartet musicians, guys who would just one, two, three, four, like the five blind boys of Alabama. There's a reason those five blind boys play gospel music a certain way and can play blues a certain way. So, Kevin, we're getting close, man. Sorry, man. Sorry. No, no, you good, babe. You good. You know, and it's... I'm all about the blues, man. I just want to let you know we're getting close. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I want to get out of here without letting you give the people the opportunity to connect with you online, buy your records, buy your uh, I Love Blues t-shirts, my name is (laughs) Gullich, whatever you got, man. Tell the people how to connect with you and where they can buy your stuff at. Let's see what I got. Let's see. Okay, so let's see if I can do this flawlessly. So um, come on, Kevin, you got this. I used to I used to be the guy who said who had the Kevin Gulledge band hat, and that's cool. But uh, I, right now I'm the guy who has the Kevin and the Blues Groovers hat, so that's even cooler for me. But uh, you can check out Kevin and the Blues Groovers, something old, something new, something borrowed blues from Basin Street Records. It just got released, and hey, everybody, it's a real cool record. I hope that you check it out, and also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Kevin and the Blues Groovers, as well as Kevin Gulledge. That's Kevin, the G-U-L-L-A-G-E, like a seagull's age. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, now uh, to finish up what I actually have to say, though, just, for, just since we only have a little bit of time left. I hope that young musicians understand it's not about what's happening in front of you right now. Because the plan is is never what you really set it to be. Like, like Darren, like you said, you grew up playing blues music, and look at us, and look and look playing jazz all over the place, man. Greg grew up playing. Greg grew up under Mister Bat playing clarinet, man. Look at Greg taking these tenor saxophone players on jumbotrons, <laughs> taking these tenor sax solos on jumbotrons, and. And man, I went to school. I was born into a family of gospel musicians and I was and I was schooled in jazz music. And next thing I know, I'm playing the blues, man. You know, and and those unexpected twists and turns, those are what makes you grow into who you're supposed to be. Like I had this dream of being the jazz musician who lived in New York in a in a New York loft and wore turtlenecks all the time. <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs> I play gigs in three-piece suits and I play and I and I sweat through most of them <laughs> playing playing blues and and hey, you know that's that's part of it. But uh yeah, that's my main thing. Don't don't check it out for what's in front of you. Don't check it out for for what's happening and what you'll instantly get back. Check it out for for what's 
for what you don't know is going to happen. Because, man, these corners, these corners are mighty sharp when you take those turns. But like what's on the other side is the destination you're supposed to get to. So just be prepared, you know. I think that's my spiel. Kevin, you speak you speak like you're a 65-year-old man, been around the, the world 300 times with 55 CDs. And you know what's killing about that? Is I know when you're 65, you're going to have gone around the world 25 times with 35 <laughs> CDs. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Same, oh, man. We're, we're, we're both very proud of you. I'm, I'm proud of you, man. You've done so much incredible stuff. And, you know, having known you for all these years, you've always conducted yourself with the utmost class and and you've always been uh, far more mature than your age may. The number next to your age. <laughs> Man, we're super proud of you. Keep it up. And uh, we look forward to uh, to turning on the TV again in a couple of weeks and seeing you wh- wherever you might be, whatever you might be doing. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm super excited for what's coming up. And trust me, there's a lot of really cool stuff coming up. So, so yeah, uh, just sit back, relax, and have a whole lot of fun. There you go. Yeah, I said everything Greg just said. And, and Greg, you know, uh, we've never actually spoken about this, but one of my greatest regrets um, as we develop Second Line Arts Collective into an empire is that Kevin never came back. And, and, and not, it was because I thought Kevin was extremely talented and the kids that he was around were jerks. And so <laughs> I wanted them, some of them, and it's just true. And I tell them that too, they know. And, yeah. and I just wanted the opportunity for you to come back again to, to make it what you wanted it because we don't call it Sana Jazz Workshop. We call it Sana Music Workshop so mm-hmm. that everyone can freely express their idea of what music should be. And yeah, I hope you understand something, Darian. And Darian and Greg, I, from the get-go, when Greg introduced it at NOCA, I loved the idea and I loved what was coming up. And even while I was there, I actually did get, I didn't get what I thought I wanted at the time. I got what I needed. There you go. So there's a big difference. And you guys got to know you're the reason for that. Like, like Greg told me that was the same camp where you guys, you two took your own time out of your schedule, out of your lunch break, actually, just to check out my songs, my original songs. And, and you were like, you were like, Hey, Kev, uh, do me a favor and play the song that's that's what you said and greg said um, and i loved it because you were like hey kev uh you know I, you were like kev i want to hear more more of you in the song that's what darian said greg goes kevin somebody told me this a long time ago pianists have play the intro to your song and i played a lot and greg said pianists have 88 keys and for some reason they try to hit each and every one before they sing the first word <laughs> <laughs> and and those are the those are the things that stick with you. So actually, uh, with this next one, are you about to play the the second audio clip at all? We're not gonna play it. Darn. Well, if you check out that original, and I mean everybody, go check out that original. Oh, you know but what? if you, we'll play it, let's play it, man. I hope I did you guys what what you wanted to hear. We're gonna play it. Sure, it's called it's called moving on. Then we are gonna move on after that. Here we go. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> Girl, I called you when I knew you'd be home. But for some reason, you didn't answer the phone. So don't lie to me, girl, if we're over. I ought to know. I ought to know. I called again later. Some man answered the phone. I asked, who is this? He said, that don't matter. Just don't call him no more. So I guess what we had. Hey, man, I'm going to have to play that later with my lady. You know what I'm saying? Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, man, look, man, thank you so much for coming on the Working Arts Project. Man, uh, it's been a true pleasure to to hang and listen to you and pick your brain and uh 
Yeah, it's been a beautiful and uplifting experience for me, man. So there you go. Thanks, fellas. Thank you so much for having me. Kevin, you're the man. We love you. Thank you. <laughs> love you guys, man. Thanks, G. All right. All right, y'all. That's it. My name is Darian Douglas. My name is Gregory Ashid. And I'm still Kevin. <laughs> I love it when the guests do that. <laughs> and we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. See you. <laughs>